Welcome everybody, time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies. Brought to you by John Asher, CEO and founder of Asher Strategies. John, what are we talking about today? Well, we have, this will be a number three in a series that we're talking about, all kind of linked together. So just a, a quick overview. About two months into the pandemic, many of the very prestigious research organizations, McKinsey, Harvard, Forrester, Gartner, LinkedIn, et cetera, started doing studies by interviewing buyers, interviewing CEOs, interviewing sales managers and salespeople to see what's changing. So we had a couple of our larger customers ask us if we could integrate it. And so we have been consistently, every two weeks, integrating new studies into this. It's over 400 studies now. And they're pretty consistent. And they just really show how the buyer's behavior has permanently changed. And therefore, what sales and marketing strategies are needed because of this change in behavior. So in the first segment, we talked about five skills needed for salespeople. In the second segment, we talked about the details of how the buyer's behavior has changed. In this segment, we'll look at a much broader response, and that is, how should companies with their marketing strategies and transformation strategy, how do they need to be updated? So that's all how all three of them are linked together. That sounds great. I like it. And I, I like the progression too, because the first, of course, prepares you for this final step is how to implement it all. Now, a little history for fun. Mm-hmm. If it was, uh, say, 20 years ago, and the director of marketing invited the VP of sales in the company out to lunch, then after some pleasantries, the director of sales would say, You know, we give your sales guys these great leads and they don't follow up. And the VP of sales almost invariably respond, well, that's because they're crappy leads. Right. So there's always been this disconnect between marketing and sales. I'd say in the last five years, it's really come around and they've been much better integrated together. And now even more integrated together. And in fact, they're almost blurred. And you can really see from all these studies that marketing is ascendant and sales teams are descendant, meaning we're going to have to spend, the average company's going to have to spend more on marketing and less on sales, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. So now just to transition from the last two segments, when you survey sales managers in the larger companies, 85% of them are saying, I need multi-talented salespeople for the future, or they'll call them a hybrid rep, meaning they have to be good at Zoom calls or meetings or any VC platform, phone calls, demos, social media, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, social networks, LinkedIn and Facebook, text messaging, video marketing that we talked about in one of the previous segments, online chat. So those are the characteristics that the hybrid rep will have that sales managers are looking for. And now when your many companies go after a larger opportunity, they will build a microsite on their website specifically for that larger customer. And so the sales and marketing people have to really collaborate on these, the development of these um, so-called microsites. 
Well, some of the sales trends that have accelerated is that hybrid rep was going to dominate in the future. And as the world goes more technical, the SMEs, the subject matter experts, will continue to be the rainmaker in many sales, especially a technical company to another technical company, where the buyer is a SME as well, or where, where really strong product knowledge um, is important. And the account managers now that take over after the hunter closes it will continue to be good at expansion uh, pipeline, the, the up and cross selling and getting referrals. And prior to the pandemic, there were about 10 million salespeople in the U.S. that were called field sales. So they would go around from company to company in their territory, showing new products, uh, taking orders, building rapport, getting customer feedback and the like. Two thirds of them have already shifted to inside. And then finally, the inside salespeople, since they're so aligned with marketing, will start to have a much bigger role. And so if you looked at the kind of peel back the onion on what you'd like to have in a salesperson in the future, you want a natural talent for sales, of course. You would like them to be an SME, a subject matter expert, as the world goes more and more technical, meaning they have to have at least a moderate IQ so they can gain that knowledge. You want them to have a high level of emotional intelligence. And then you want all those new skills we talked about in the first segment. And you also want... That's a really tall order. That's a pretty tall order. Now, many salespeople that were true hunters have really become adept at using Sales Navigator, which is the higher level part of using LinkedIn for the hunter salespeople. And almost no salespeople, relatively speaking, understand how to use it. And it has so many great tools now in it. So for example, you can use to target specific buyers. You can put all kinds of filters in called the advanced search tool. You can use that advanced search tool to identify companies that are the right fit for your company. Once you determine one buyer in the company using the account map tool, you can quickly find who the other buyers are. Using the save search tool, so once you put your filters in and buyers are now being driven to you, if a new buyer suddenly meets your filter because they got promoted or came into your city or that sort of thing, you are notified. There's a team link tool so that the salespeople in a company can collaborate together. There's crystal nose to determine people's personality style before you reach out. That's a plug-in. So those are just six of the tools of 12 tools in Sales Navigator that help the hunters determine which buyers would be great for them and the marketing people to determine which companies they should be approaching. And today there's 850 million people on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, especially Sales Navigator, has become a critical tool for both sales and marketing teams. Now, related subject for both of them together is the digital transformation is accelerating in our country. So this whole areas of digitization, automation, just accelerating. And when you look at what most companies have from a digital standpoint, I'll just read down a quick list. They have e-commerce. They have a company's social media plan. They have a mobile web. They have video streaming, uh, machine learning, cloud computing. 
robotic process automation, e-learning, natural language processing, AI, apps, and digital tools on their website. So if there are any companies out there who don't have all of those that they should, they're behind. So this whole area of digital transformation is moving at a rapid pace. And it really now is an imperative for almost every company. Quick example, in 2015, the firms that really went after enterprise digital technology and artificial intelligence were growing two times as fast as the companies who weren't. That was 2015. In 2022, it's five times faster, five times faster. And a digital transformation of a company is not tactical. It's not just new tools. It's really strategic. So you have to really go back to the beginning and think about the purpose of your enterprise, the company's work environment, what the customers need, and what new product offerings you should have before you can really determine what this digital strategy would look like. And, you know, Harvard Business Review had a great article about this, and they claimed about a year ago, they claimed that coming into the pandemic, a third of the companies had a robust, written-down digital strategy. And Harvard claims coming out of the pandemic, two-thirds of the companies will need one. Now, it's real tempting to think our company is one of the one-third who won't need it. But, of course, the danger there is if we don't, and our competitors do get one, then we're really in the serious catch-up mode. Latest data from McKinsey shows that in the future, 60% of all productivity in our country will be digital. And most businesses now, especially the large ones, are beginning the transformation with digital technology, of course, and also artificial intelligence. And so the trouble with AI for smaller companies is this. In many cases, we smaller companies have our niche because big companies, it'd just be a waste of money for them to try to compete with us or come down into these smaller markets. But now with AI, they can. And so easily do it. So that's the danger for all smaller companies. So it gives these larger companies the ability to recognize and come down and dominate areas that have always been kind of reserved for smaller companies. I guess give you one example. This is a chemical company, and they decided they wanted to figure out what new products they should offer and what new market segments they should go after. Kind of natural questions for any company. And typically, you would go off-site and you would brainstorm it for a couple of days and decide what to invest in. So instead, they used a growth analytics AI tool not very expensive. Any company can use that type of a tool. It mined 400 billion web pages and came back and identified 30 new opportunities for the company. Now the executive team and sales and marketing teams can go off site and look at all 30 of those and evaluate them. And they did and in a day and decided to invest in five of them. So just one example of, from a research standpoint, of how companies are using um, AI to really transform their strategic planning and marketing plan. With AI, I mean, when it was first becoming top of mind, top of topic for everybody, the fear 
that so many people have replacing, I'm going to be replaced. This is going to be replaced. This is going to be replaced because of AI. What they're forgetting is what you just covered, the time saving of the grunt work and the research that we could never do on our own. I mean, there's just no way it would ever happen, but it allows us then to focus on really nurturing then the real relationships and the real connections by narrowing where we should be focusing. Totally agree. And one interesting way for small companies to take advantage of AI is if you drop back to the previous segment where we talked about the um, tools that the elite hunter salespeople have, Mm -hmm. one is Salesforce, CRM, Salesforce is an example. One is Sales Navigator within the LinkedIn system. And the other is Crystal Nose, which allows you to figure out the personality style of the buyer before you ever reach out. And all of those companies, Salesforce, continuously implementing AI buying small AI companies and integrating the tools in Salesforce. LinkedIn, owned by Microsoft, continuously implementing AI and machine learning into their tool, Crystal knows as well. So for a small company, one way is just get on the coattails of those larger companies and use their tools. That's at least one quick way you can get up to speed a bit without doing much, just use their tools. I watch people not spend the time to update their profiles. I'll connect with people and they'll say, oh, I'm active, we're growing, we're doing this. And I go on LinkedIn and they might have a profile and it's not very updated. They're not engaging with anybody. And it just makes me wonder, where are they spending their time? If they're growing, how are they growing? And hats off to them if they're able to, without being active anywhere such you know as LinkedIn Salesforce right. and some of the other tools that you're talking about, I I just wonder. In many cases, in my opinion, it's the customers need their stuff so badly they don't have to sell. Right. <laughs> but that's <laughs> probably 10%, right? It's right. the other 90% of us that need that. <laughs> and so as a small company, we just don't see this AI adoption, but it's widespread in almost every industry. Right. 93% of manufacturers have implemented it. 61% of government agencies, 83% of technology, you know, on and on and on. They're all in the 70s, 80s, and 90, 90%. And when you survey the CEOs of those larger companies, they'll essentially say, I'm doing this to get ahead and stay ahead of the competition. And more than half of them, if, when they're asked, will say, I expect my company to be totally transformed within the next three years because of AI um, adoption. And if you remember one of my earlier um, statements, the companies that do this wide-scale adoption of AI outgrow the ones that don't by a factor of five. Right. Right, which is which is really kind of crazy. Now, there's a sales transformation underway as well. And that is we're going from seller-centric to buyer-centric, analog to hyper-automated, face-to-face to digital, and modest investment in technology to robust investment. And now, whereas it used to be the salesperson's job only to think about the six different pipelines, now it's really the executive team, marketing and sales really have to evaluate them together. And so of interest, I'm going to name the six various pipelines in the order that they were used to grow revenue in this past two years. First is expansion, up and cross selling, which makes sense without the face-to-face, tough to get new customers. Mm -hmm. Second is, and very surprising, is reheated, 
reheated means it's a customer you used to have or it's a customer who was small, 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 or got bought by all those various reasons. Go back to them. I was shocked how well that has worked for us. Next is referrals. So again, a lack of face-to-face -face referrals come more important. The fourth is partner referrals. So if you have partner companies like software, hardware together, that sort of thing, channel partners, then marketing generated, marketing automation tools, etc. And then the last is sales generated by salespeople. So pretty amazing now that executive teams, sales and marketing teams get together and look at all of those pipelines. Average companies, maybe the salespeople are doing two or three, and there's no formal process for any of them, actually. Now, I'm sure you may have heard this, and that is pre-pandemic, buyers were about 70% of the way through their purchasing process before they reached out to their short list of, say, three or four vendors they're going to talk to. Post-pandemic, it's 9-0%. Another reason why marketing is ascendant and sales is descendant. So companies actually aren't reaching out to salespeople to talk to them until they have done a ton of research in all aspects. Ask other buyers that they know. Um, ask uh, their current customers. They're going everywhere they can to find um, information. And therefore, our websites are foundational and critical. If 90% of our interaction with a, with a prospect is them looking at our website, then it's obvious what we need, need to do. The Vistage organization has 17,000 CEOs. Every quarter they have a survey and they're asked questions. And the last one that just came back, 86% of the Vistage CEOs have already increased their budget for social media campaigns and for digital marketing. Another nail in the coffin of um, sales is descendant and marketing is ascendant. And there's some new interesting marketing tools. One is particularly interesting to me. I've heard about it, but never really saw it in action until recently. And it's called buying intent data. Ever hear the term intent data? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what these, these uh, smart vendors have done is they will come into your company and say, okay, there's 12,000 potential customers you could have, right? They're, they're right for you. And then they will go using AI and machine learning tools. They will go monitor those 12,000 buyers to see where they are going and doing research and come back and tell you, I'll make up a number, of the 12,000 buyers on your list, 1,800 right now are looking for products that you deliver. So now that gives us the ability to go reach out to the ones who actually are looking to buy stuff that, that we do. So that's really come on really strong in this pandemic. I think the biggest key for some of this digital transformation is sourcing who can help you do this. In the company, the process you just talked about, if you don't have the right resource for that, you can be taken for a ride without any proven results or without any accountability, or you can find somebody that will be a perfect match and can solve this and bring you that valuable data. So vetting these companies is so critical. And I think that for us, that would be another wonderful conversation to have down the road of recommendations on how to vet some of these companies. 
rather than just looking at their website, looking at their Yelp reviews or looking at their Google reviews, what are some great ways to let's do that in another conversation? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I'll just give you one example for companies who sell intent data. Mm -hmm. Zoom info is right at the top of the list. They have a tool called six cents, like six cents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, we can figure out who they are. (laughs) They're right at the top of the list. Right. A couple of other good ones are Bombora, G2, and Demand Base. Those are the four that we know are good. But Zoom Info, probably at the top of the list for competence in that. Great recommendation. So then finally, one more point about this whole transformation. When um, you talk to management consultants who advise CEOs, Mm -hmm. one of their advice is always differentiation. You have to be different. So they've been beating up on CEOs for probably 50 years about this. And and it goes back to the six ways to wake up the buyer's old decision-making brain called clear distinction. And the way we've always thought about that would be have a unique selling proposition, a USP. Be able to say, we're the only company that, or in this market segment, in in the DMV, um, we're unique in that. Or in this competition, we're the only company that. So that's always been a way to differentiate. Another way to do it, if you really are selling a commodity or the buyers have commoditized your market, would be from the Simon Sinek training. So Simon tells us every company can describe what they do. They can describe how they do it. Very few describe why they do what they should do, why they do what they do. And if you have a compelling why that really responds to your employees, they love it, the customers like it, the prospects like it. And now if you want to hire younger people, uh, it's what they're looking for. They want to go to a company that's got a strong why or, or purpose. And now there's a third way to differentiate. And that is on your website with tools. So that when a prospect gets to your website, there are a lot of tools that they can use to try to figure out whether you're the right vendor. Tools like diagnostic tools, customized, say, benchmarking um, data, 3D solution modeling, virtual tours, configurable solutions, VR and AR, and then those uh, configure price quote tools, the CPQ tools. And so, uh, for example, you could go to a company that makes server stacks and so you can look at your space, see, see what space you can fit this thing into. And now you have your measurements. Now you can go to their website and you can see what stanchions you want, how to all fit together, which servers would fit into which part of the stack. You can have a, a good, better, best solution for everything. Put it together and get a price right there. So that's the third way now to differentiate. And that is with tools on your website and again this goes back to our websites now are foundational and critical and it's because 90 percent of the buyers are looking at your website to determine whether you're going to be one of the three or four they're going to talk to that's great advice wonderful so there you go susan that's essentially what the buyers are telling us with respect to the marketing strategies and the overall digital uh, transformation Plenty to start with. And dear listener, go back and listen to the first one first for the skills. If you, 
And and if you're already doing all these skills, you can just check the box and say, yep, I'm doing that and be proud of yourself that you've taken those steps. But next though, understand what has changed in the buyer's behavior and then come back here again and listen. You want to hear this again to be able to implement all of what you've learned in the previous two episodes. Sound good, John? It sounds like great advice as always, Susan, that you've got. (laughs) Thanks so much. You're welcome. This has been another episode of Asher Sales Sense. You can go to asherstrategiesradio.com and we want to make sure that you catch up on past episodes. You will find everything you need there. Be sure to follow us in all your favorite podcast venues and for tools and goodies and other things to help you begin your digital transformation, go over to asherstrategies.com. That's where you will learn so much more and be able to put into action what you hear here. Thanks again, Susan. Thank you. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. 